Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Player Art Repertory Podcast. I'm Mitchell Huntley, here again with my co-host, Sarah Lena Sparks. Help, help, I'm being held against my will. <laughs> and today we're going to be reading 4% by Kira Backline. Kira, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back. It's been a while. It's been four months, at least, since you've at been least. here. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That also means we've been in quarantine for that long, which is crazy. That's, we've been in quarantine for. I think it's 173 so days now. I've seen. It's 173 days of. Don't want to think COVID about quarantine. All right. Well, today we're going to be reading Kara's play. Four percent. Did I say Kara? Yeah. Did you? Kara's oh play? man. I know what? your name. Populating I 100 percent know your name. I think I was, I'm moment. such a, a narcissist. I was merging it with my name. I'm shipping us together, so you know. You know, I'm I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually down for that. Yeah. Well, today we're going to be reading Kira's play, four uh, percent. But before we do that, you know how it goes. We're going to be playing some magnet to your computer. Kira, are you ready for magnet to your computer? I am. I oh, am. All right. You've got all original questions this time. And, oh, well, I think one of them's not original. <laughs> well, I guess two of them's not original. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so, the clock has started. Lift off and the clock has started. If you could major in anything that wasn't theater, what would it be? Film, but that's also a cheat answer. Pick like a nun and that kind of thing. Um, in a... In another life, I would be like an animal, like an animal doctor, you know, a vet. A veterinarian. A veterinarian. But in this life, I'm not smart enough. So. Fun fact my grandfather was the first Filipino veterinarian in California. Oh my gosh. Making history over here. Wow. All right. Question number two Favorite play or musical at the moment? I know this is hard. Okay, listen, I have two answers to this. Okay. Number one, Fun Home is a Ride or Die. Number two, I just read, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the viewers a recommendation. I just read, I think it's called Tressla Poplet Creek by Naomi Wallace, I wanna say. And it is an amazing coming of age story. It's I, I just read it this week and I have not stopped thinking about it. And I definitely recommend everybody reads. Wonderful. All right. Question number three. If you were a hydro flask, which size and color would you be? Oh, God. I think I would probably be like the medium size, like um, your classic 16 ounce. And I would definitely be the the nice like new lavender color they have, which is such a white girl answer. My sister just got that one. (gasps) Oh, my God. Love. (laughs) All right. Question number four. If you could travel to any fictional place, where would you go? Ooh, um, Hogwarts, if it wasn't created by a transphobic author. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, question number five. Make a deodorant scent. Um, what? It would have- <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Um, let's go with a nice little, like, um, a f- mixture of flowers. So we're gonna get some roses. Okay. Okay. We're also gonna get some. We're gonna get some like fruity. So like, I don't know why no one's mixed like roses and strawberries. That would smell good together. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, question number six. 
What is your favorite snack? Ooh, sour cream and onion lays. Mm. Mm. Mine is Benedict Cumberbatch, if you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Was this, does that question just a front to do that joke? <laughs> no, I just thought of that, actually. It just came to my head. Sure, Sarah. Okay, question number seven. Uh, what is your favorite item of clothing that you own? Oh, gosh. Um... I have this really nice, like, Disneyland sweatshirt that gets overworn, and it's it's cute. It kind of looks vintage, but it's not. Is it the gray one? Absolutely, it's the gray one. I also have the gray one. That's a classic it, one. It is classic. Yeah. All right. Question number eight. Choose one. Crayons, colored pencils, or markers? Crayons are messy and gross. Markers leave stains, so it's got to be colored pencils. Wonderful. Sure. Question number nine. You can either bake really well, so like breads, pastries, cupcakes, cakes, or cook really well, you know, other foods. Choose one. Bake because who doesn't love a good cookie or cake? That's true. That's true. And of course, question number 10, Bambi's dad or Hercules? Listen, I knew this was coming and I've thought a lot of time thinking about it and you know, Bambi's dad, he lost his wife. It's sad. I pity him. However, Hercules takes the win there. You just, it just doesn't get better. It just doesn't get better. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> wait, did you choose? Yeah. Who, who was it? Hercules. Hercules. Oh, okay, maybe I just... Mitchell understood. Mitchell oh, yeah. understood. I disagree, but I understand. Yeah, I, personally I, I know you disagree. disagree. Yeah. You don't live with it. Now, we're not talking about Bruce reality. We're just more saying that we <laughs> like the personality of Bambi's dad better than her. Bambi's feelings. dad's got a great personality. I mean, That's all we're saying. <laughs> but does he? Does he? Yeah, I'd say more than Hercules. I can't really stand Hercules a little bit. Oh my God, you're going to get canceled for saying that. How dare you? <laughs> well. All right, that was back to your computer. What are we doing next? Ah, the play. All right, so now we're going to move on to the reading of the play, and we got our actors here. What? All right. So <laughs> in the role of Reagan, we got Madeline Oberly. Hi. In the role of Sam, we got Mia Kaplan. Hello, hello. New to the pod. First time on the pod, First Mia time Kaplan. on the pod. So we have... In the role of Jenna, we have Jessica Yang. Hi, everyone. Also new to the pod, which really surprised us because I could have sworn you were on the pod before, but I guess I was just wrong. And reading for stage directions, we have, of course, Sarah Lena Sparks. Help, help. I'm still being held captive. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get into the reading of 4% by Kira Backlion. Act one. Reagan is on her phone awkwardly waiting. She has a beach bag full of towels. She waits there until Sam enters, holding a towel and a folding beach chair. Regan! Hey! Hey! I hope this spot is fine. I didn't want us too close to the water, but like we can go further down the beach. I don't really care. This seems good to me. It's weird being here. Weird? Wrong word choice, but you know what I mean. It's, uh, I guess it's kind of like a sort of reunion. What? So how have you been? Busy, I guess. Well, busy is a good thing, right? 
No, yeah, it feels really good. And you? Sorry? Are you doing... How are you? Oh, right. Good. I'm doing good. Look, I'm... This is awkward. Sorry. Oh. Reagan pulls out her phone and reads a text. I think she should be here soon. Oh, good. You know, I'm really glad we're doing this. I've missed you. Yeah, me too. Enter Jenna, carrying her own towel and a backpack full of snacks. Jenna! Oh my god, it's so good to see you! The girls exchange hugs. I can't believe all three of us are here together. I know, this is crazy. What about Alice? Jenna, did you talk to her? Oh, well, not exactly. Reagan? I texted her. Oh, so then she's not coming. Should have seen that one coming. It's fine. Let's just get set up. I can send my location if she decides to join us. They start laying out their beach towels while talking. Jenna is set up in the middle of Sam and Reagan. Why don't you tell her what lifeguard tower number we are so she has an idea? On it. Guys, it's fine. She's not showing. Yeah, I don't know. She hasn't texted me in, like, months. Maybe she's just had stuff going on. Sam, has she texted you? Nope. Really? Weird. Jenna has a basket and pulls out some snacks. She pulls out a bag of Lime Hot Cheetos. Sam, look what I brought. She throws the bag to Sam. No. No, 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 no. You didn't. You kept talking about them, so yeah. You don't understand. I can't find Lime Hot Cheetos anywhere in New York. What? What about Target? No, I kid you not, they don't exist in the city of Manhattan. It's like they have a lime-flavored ban. There's no way. How have you survived without them? For real, though. I tried, like, every Walgreens, or Dwayne Reed. That's what they call Walgreens in the city. And I've literally had no luck. It's tragic. Dwayne Reed? That makes Walgreens sound so fancy. I know, right? Okay, then, city girl. Well, what's even more of a crime is a lack of raising canes by my campus. Oh, don't get me started on canes. Jenna, isn't there, like, a Chick-fil-A on your campus? It's basically the same. Reagan, you know I don't eat there. Oh, God, here we go again. Chick-fil-A is a corporation that donates to anti-LGBTQ plus organizations. Every meal you buy there is contributing to the homophobic agenda that the corporation promotes. By eating there, you're basically paying for someone's conversion therapy. If I'm going to get my chicken nugget fix, then I will do so without supporting corrupt organizations. You realize, like, every corporation has a fucked up CEO? Oh my god, we've had this fight before. Let's just drop it. I'm just saying. Oh, how I've missed you. Guys, wait, did I ever tell you about the chicken sandwich incident? The what? I swear I texted you about it. What kind of chaos did a chicken sandwich cause? (laughs) Okay, okay, so this girl in my sorority, Delta New... You're kidding. Isn't that the sorority Al Woods joins? Oh my god, no. I'm literally an Alpha Phi. Joining a sorority is so on brand for you. <laughs> All I can think about is Roar Omega, Roar, and Uzma Kappa. <laughs> okay, enough poking fun. So, me and my sorority sister, Megan, 
Well, it was like 2 a.m. and all we wanted was a chicken sandwich. So we Postmates from the McDonald's near campus because there's no way we are walking there at that hour. We wait for like an hour for it. Then Megan gets this notification that the order was freaking canceled. So we're all bummed and start to give up when this random Texas number calls her. And it's the Postmate guy who says he accidentally canceled the order but has the sandwiches anyways. He gives them to us and literally we got three chicken sandwiches for free. Of course, we're walking back, and what happens? I'm holding the sandwiches when this frat guy on a bike nearly runs me over, and the sandwiches fly out of my hands and land in the freaking gutter. That's the stupidest story you've ever told me. Only you would go to such lengths for a chicken sandwich. Why was someone biking at 2 a.m.? Texas frat boys are another breed. (laughs) I couldn't imagine being in a sorority. It's actually so much fun. I met so many people because of it. That's so great, Megan. I feel like I might rush, but I've been so busy. Yeah, miss two internships. No way! I didn't know you were taking on two internships. Oh yeah, they're small ones. A nonprofit and a social media intern, but I'm not even getting credits for them. Still, two internships as a freshman? That's huge. Thanks, Ray. So, Sam, how's the Big Apple? A rat-infested dream. Do you actually see rats? I remember on that 8th grade New York DC trip, I didn't see any. Oh, they're there. The downtown 6 is full of them. Ooh, subway terminology. Wow. Look out, guys. She's a real New Yorker. Stop it. Plus, I heard a rumor you've been seeing someone. Well, I don't know. We were taking it slow, especially since summer was coming up. I want to hear all about them. Look, I don't even know if we're official yet, so... Oh, come on. Yeah, what's his name? Oh, uh... Her name is Mallory. Reagan shifts. She didn't know any of this. Not the internship, not the relationship, not even that Sam is lesbian. Oh, wow. Uh, pretty name. Yes, Mallory. Can I meet her when I come up in June? June? You're visiting Sam in June? Oh, yeah, just a quick trip. I'm sorry, I'm confused. Are you not staying home for the summer? Uh, Well, I'm going back out there in two weeks for a job. Two weeks? I know it's not ideal. I want to be home more than ever, but um, it's good for connections. And seeing Mallory more, you know, win-win. I'm so excited for you. Clearly, I'm missing something. Actually, practically everything. Why didn't you tell me about any of this? What do you mean? Well, you two seem all caught up. Did you ever think about informing me? You know, your other best friend? Geez, Ray, I'm sorry. It wasn't intentional. I thought today was about catching up, right? Well, it seems I'm the only one who needs catching up, apparently. Look, I know I'm not Alice, Whoa, since when was this about Alice? Come on. Even in high school, you guys left me out. It was always you three, Jenna, Sam, and Alice. Reagan, come on. You know that's not true. I feel awful. Seriously, don't bring Alice into this. I just don't understand. You guys used to tell me everything. I'm here and present. Alice didn't even show. Look, to be honest, Sam and I FaceTimed every Friday, and that's why we are caught up. You were normally at game nights or frat parties. We just didn't want to get in the way of your college experience, I guess. Jenna's right. We talked about you so much. 
If it makes you feel better, Alice kind of dropped us months ago. Dropped you? Yeah, she never fucking texts me back. It's like she's on another planet. You're the one. You're the only one who's always here for us, not her. Well, now I feel like you dropped me. Are you? Come on. Why would we do that? Fair. It's not like we stopped talking either. We still have that active Snapchat group. I'm convinced Alice unadded my Snapchat. I'm so sorry you feel left out, Reagan. You seem like you were really thriving in college. No, I'm actually not. I'm not thriving. And a Snapchat group does not count as proper communication. You can't just drop this all on me and expect to take it well. I would have loved an invite to visit Sam in New York, you know? But whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just, you guys are the only close friends I have. Or had, I guess, since apparently I'm no longer a part of this. That's not what we're trying to do. You can't honestly think that, can you? You have plenty of college friends. Jenna and I aren't as good of socializers. I really didn't meet people this year. Those girls aren't my friends. They're fun to be around, sure, but they literally couldn't give two shits about me. Jesus, I'm so sorry. They sound so... Shallow? Yeah, they are. Look, I really am sorry. I had no idea this was going on. Like, being around those girls is fun when there's a party involved, but when we're just normal, they can't even connect. And that's when it all kind of sinks in that, like, wow, this really is fake. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. But we are all freshmen, so there's time to meet people. Real people. Reagan, I'm sorry we pushed you away when you needed us most. Freshman year is not a dream, I'll say that. Yeah, we are all going through it. Sometimes I miss high school. Ew, why? The people were so toxic. Well, college isn't much different. Yeah. I know, but I guess I just didn't appreciate what we had. I guess I miss the routine of it all. I don't. It was so draining. I felt like I wasn't making my own decisions. I miss, like, meeting you guys in the quad before school, or when you would hang out in Sam's car when it was raining in the morning, even eating lunch at the bird poop table. Oh, God, I miss her. I wonder if they ever cleaned up that poop stain. Oh, definitely not. I feel like I peaked in high school. Shit. What if that was it for me? Peaked? You absolutely did not peak. If anyone peaked, it was stupid Alice. You know she's still dating Bradley? Oh god, remember when he was everyone's white boy of the month and all the drama it caused when he and Alice got together? They're gonna get married, just watch. He's like super Mormon. Now that's truly peaking in high school. But I had so much toying for me in high school. Like, teachers loved me. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but it's true. Now teachers here barely respond to my emails. I want to stand out, but it's literally impossible. That's why I took two internships. But you're working your way up. Seriously. Honestly, I hate my internships. Oh God, I hate them with a burning passion. My nonprofit mentor literally just makes me get her coffee and sit around like, no wonder I'm not getting credit for it. But it's going to look hella good on your resume later. I guess. Why don't you just quit? Because then I would... Well, I don't know, actually. Maybe I should. 
then you could focus on your other internship more. What was it? Marketing? Social media for this advertising company. But they've also been showing you the ways around the office, which is nice. A lot better than wasting hours sitting at a desk and mixing coffee creamers. I think you should consider it. How long do you have left? Well, we kind of just started since it's a summer internship, so I guess there's nothing to lose. There we go. See you right now. We need you too. I'm sorry for snapping. Are you kidding? You had every right. Yeah, you don't need to apologize. I know. I just kind of let my emotions out on you. Look, let's be honest. Things are, well, different. Really different. It is different. Let's keep each other updated on the big stuff, you know? Yeah, I don't want to not hear from you fools, then get a big surprise wedding invitation in the mail. I want to be caught up. I just can't imagine a life without you guys. Well, actually, I can. That was pretty much how the last two semesters went down. And let me say, I do not want it to happen again. It won't. Promise? Are you fucking kidding me? Just try getting rid of me. Oh, God. Honestly, it's a miracle you guys still talk to me. Especially when you knew me in middle school. Middle school Sammy! Never forget her braces and Hunger Games obsession. Oh, God, the Hunger Games. I totally forgot that book existed. Remember the Hunger Games birthday party you had? Drop the subject now. (laughs) I can't believe you had a birthday party around it. Literally, the book is about murdering children. Who thought it'd be a cute birthday party idea? We were obsessed back then. I was so embarrassing. Thank God I've changed. Do you think college changed us? No, I feel the same. Bullshit, of course. We are all changed. Come on, how? You're really going to sit there and say you haven't changed? You're so much more independent now. I was in high school, too. No, this is a different kind of independence. Same with Reagan. I think you've matured a lot, right? Hey. I'm just being honest. High school, you would never go to a party, and now you're at one, like, every weekend. Well, I'm back to high school me when I'm in town. There is no way Teresa's letting me party when I'm here. Oh, I miss your mom. Shut up. We've already fought so much. She screamed at me about coming to see you guys today because I never told her about the plans. I'm 19 and can't leave my house without Teresa trying to bite my head off. If I get through the summer alive, it'll be a miracle. Come to New York. She'd never be down for that. Please, it would be so fun. Yeah, right. I need you to be there so I don't third wheel Sam and her girlfriend. We aren't a thing yet. Whatever. By July, you will be inseparable. I know you too well. I really appreciate you guys inviting me, but I don't think it's realistic. Just think it over. You can escape across the country to me anytime. Thanks. It means a lot. I actually am pretty bummed I'm only here for a couple weeks. Not too late to change your mind. I can't do that. But you'll be back in the fall. Yeah, I don't understand that logic. Trust me, it's what I need. I can't be here. California isn't that bad. It's not like we live in some flyover state. California isn't cousin-fucking territory, and I'm grateful for that. But I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm ready to move on. But this is like childhood. Don't you miss it? I know I missed the beach. For sure. Sand is literally gross. Wasn't it your idea to come here? Don't clock me. 
Well, I love the beach. Me too. It's so peaceful. With the thousands of tourists and 909ers? You're such a snobby local. Admit that you missed the beach while you were in the concrete jungle. Nope. The Hudson River is a fantastic replacement. Yeah, right. Well, now I'm calling BS on you. In one of your many FaceTime call cry sessions, you totally admitted to missing the beach. Whatever. Just admit the beach is actually litter-filled and that humans ruined it. Oh my god, I can't with you. You literally just preached to us about Chick-fil-A. What about the inevitable doom that is climate change, Miss Lib? <laughs> Miss Lib! You did not! I hate you guys. Okay, okay. Enough of this, I miss this, I miss that. It's freaking me out. What? Why? It's weird to think about, but like, everything is, I guess, temporary. It all moves faster when you start to look back. Like, we aren't kids anymore. Thank God. But now that we're out of high school, it's like everything is going by so fast. We're already one year done out of the four we have in college. Like, what? I know, but I'll be happy when school is over with. But think about it. College is only four years. That's like less than 4% of your life. Like, will any of these four years matter in the long term? Four percent. I never really thought about it that way. Stop with this. Didn't anyone ever tell you to live moment by moment? Stop worrying what fraction of your life it makes up. I guess I'm scared. (sighs) Shit, Regan. I'm serious. I'm going to spiral. I thought I had so much time to figure things out, but like, I'm already a fucking adult. And, And like, after college, you become a real adult. I'm not ready for that. That's so normal. Just trust the process. Stop worrying about the future. Trust the process? You sound like every college counselor. It's a good thing. We really do have to trust that these four years will prepare us for life. College is a scam. You guys are so pessimistic. Obviously, college isn't going to spit you out as the perfect life model. College is a scam. I mean, what the hell are we paying so much and no one can teach us how to pay taxes? I don't even know how to write a check. A buzzing noise is heard. Sam pulls out her phone. Guys. So true, Jenna. The way we don't know basic life skills and no one will ever teach us, right? Guys. Oh my god, what? Sam holds up her phone to them. No way. What do I do? I'll pick up. But I'm so fucking over Alice. Damn, Sam. I'm serious. Okay, then just ignore her. She's calling again. Ignore. Ignoring. This isn't right. Seriously. You can't just cut her out. You know how it feels firsthand. It's shitty. She's as much included in this friendship as me. Sam looks over at Jenna, who shrugs. Sam picks up the phone. Hey. Blackout. End. All right, so that was 4% by Kira Back Lion. And now we're going to get into some feedback uh, from what we heard and what we read. Sarah, do you want to start? Yes. I liked the ending. The I thought the having her call was really nice because... I don't want to say it comes full circle, but 
a lot of this was about like canceling friends and like what happens there. So I think it was nice that at the end they had to kind of make that decision again, yeah. um, which I thought was nice. Mitchell. Yeah. I really liked how it did come full circle and how it didn't fully dwell on this central topic and um, conceit of the play the entire time. Cause I know sometimes when, when young playwrights myself, I'm guilty as charged with this one, but um when young playwrights are writing about something, they often, that's all they write about. And they never include like the pleasantries or like everyday life, which I get is important. is important when you're trying to condense a story down, but often it can leave unrealistic dialogue. And I think you really managed to capture like what an actual conversation was and something I want to point out, which I thought was really cool. And the audience doesn't know this. I always point out something the audience doesn't know because I look at the script and I see the formatting it actually kind of looks like a text chain mm-hmm. the way it's the way it's done i also really liked the formatting i like that you didn't use too many capitals which i thought was nice and there's a lot of run-on sentences these are things that are honestly just for nerds but um <laughs> like the I'm nerds nerd. like them you know yeah. like you know you're not supposed to read plays you're supposed to see plays but when you read them and you see all this cool stuff, it's it's really awesome when you get to see that. It adds to sort of the experience yeah. of it. So I thought it was a really cool formatting choice and the way you separated like thoughts and run sentences and stuff like that was really, really uh, something I haven't seen before in a way that was really nice and really appealing as someone who's reading the script. It was definitely a style. It was like very inspired by, I want to say Carol Churchill... We might have to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's Carol Churchill and she uses that style in a couple of her plays and it's something I, I just really like. So I was like, oh, let me try writing this kind of like aesthetic style that's, I don't know, it's more contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the whole Alice thing that Mitchell was talking about, I do think it was, it was nice how like how mysterious Alice is, but I think that you can maybe add, and this is, you're going to have to be careful because you're all, I feel like you're almost perfect with how much you talk about Alice. I think you can maybe add just like a, a hint, a pinch more of, you know, just even one person, like they talk about something and one person be like, oh my God, you remember when Alice did that? Yeah, I can't believe it. You know, it's just like one little smidge. I think it's so close, but I think you can add just, just a little bit, not too much, just just a little bit of amount. And then I also want to say, you know, I think that a dialogue itself, it's very, it's very realistic and casual and all the girls kind of have their own tones, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I think that the dialogue was really successful. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a small number of characters and you really focus on building out their personalities and stuff, you can really get a distinct sound for each of them. I think you really accomplished that mm-hmm. with uh, Reagan, uh, Jenna, and Sam. And now that we've given Kira some feedback, we want to hear about her and her process. So, Kira, what inspired you to write this piece? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, being that I just came out of my freshman year and that we got sent home so abruptly in March... I think when you start to see people from back home, you realize how kind of awkward it is. And it's like, you say so much in high school, like, 
oh, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. And then when that time actually comes, you're like, oh, this did change. And I just kind of wrote this piece to reflect that. And a lot of it's just based on experiences I've had, whether that be from different friends and stuff. And, you know, life inspires art. Is the chicken sandwich incident true? It is not. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, that would have been... Came up with that. It was too... Yeah, that was great coming up with that. It's like, oh, that's got to be at some point someone... It's oddly specific, but Very I have specific. been in weird Postmates situations at 3 a.m. Yeah, I so feel that. So I've definitely had things along the line. Yeah. I've had insomnia situations, insomnia cookie situations of where course. they always don't know where we are. It's... Never. Never know. They're not being paid enough, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So what was the hardest part about writing this piece? Definitely the hardest part was figuring out where I wanted to go with it. Because I had this idea in my mind and I think when I'm writing, it's kind of like a fever dream. Like I just, I just start like writing out this dialogue and that's probably why it flows the way it does. But I just never know where I want to go with it, which you guys have seen with different pieces I've tried to work on. I never really know what I'm going to do to end, to end it all out and to conclude it. So I think that was definitely a struggle it was a lot of like, I can't touch it for a month and then I have to go back to it and see if anything new comes up. And yeah, the ending was really hard because I didn't know where to go from a lot of parts. Yeah. I think that's really interesting about, um, like I personally, one of the first plays I wrote, I didn't really have a structure of what I wanted to do. I kind of just, I knew I wanted to hit like certain points. I didn't know how it ended and all that stuff. And so I kind of just snowballed it. And um, I get the, I get, it's really hard to just like get that on paper. Cause then you don't know where, what you're going to do and you hit roadblocks and you have to let it be for a while. I still do that with a lot of the pieces, especially in quarantine. Cause I like run out of my energy in my brain so quickly now. So exactly. Or sometimes I have like a scene in mind, but I'm like, how do I get to the scene? Cause I can't just pop it in the middle of a script. It's like, now I got to write out a little bit before I can get to this part of the script. With that in mind, what was your process for getting this idea onto the page? Listen, I, when I say I fever, I fever dream wrote this. I think I literally fever dream wrote this. I wrote this a couple, more than that, probably over three months ago. That's when I started it. And usually when I write things, I get like a little spark of idea and I will just, I'll just go. So I started probably at like 10 PM and ended at like 2 AM. And then I look back at it in the morning and I'm like, what the heck did I just write? And then it's a lot of like, I don't know where to go with this. And I've literally, I've, I've took so long writing this because I'll write just little bits and pieces like every couple of months when I just feel re-inspired or something new comes to mind. So what do you want the audience to take away from this play? What do you think you think the audience should be taking away from it or you want them to? I think definitely it's one of those universal experiences that a lot of people our age have had to go through. And I think what I want them to take away from this is 
a that yeah college really is only less than four percent of your of your life so it's like right now we're spending all this time focusing so much of our energy into our friendships and our classes but in the long run how much of this is going to affect us and sometimes it's you can't put all your stress on it well yes it's important and it's gonna skyrocket you into your life it's also like it's not the end of the world every day. You don't need to stress yourself to the point of exhaustion constantly over friendships and college. Just sometimes it's good to like take a step back and realize that college isn't the end all be all. You can still be successful with, with or without it. Yeah. That's really, that's really good. Is it time for a game, Sarah? Do you think it's time for yeah, a game? Yeah, just like amp it up for it. That was like a really weird segue. That was a really weird like, segue. Okay, now it's time for the game. Now it's time for the game. <laughs> you were like, okay. I was, it was, yeah. I was, I'm feeling that low energy, like NPR vibe. I need to get it's out okay. of it. You know? I made you guys do it later. We're all really comfortable with each other. <laughs> so you don't have to put on that like fake voice for me. I get it. I get it. And it. It's it's late. It's a yeah. late recording. Uh, it's like eleven here. <laughs> almost, almost. But yeah, yeah, it's time for a game. So the title of your show is Four Percent. And that made me think about a certain mathematical <laughs> subject that is called statistics. Statistics. Yep, yep. I'm yep. familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this game <laughs> Is uh, apparently I'm still on an actor trivia kick. So the aim of this game is to guess these trivia questions about Miss Lawton's biggest fan, Timothy Chalamet. If any of you do not get that reference, it's it's on YouTube. Look up Timothy Chalamet statistics. You will not be disappointed. I watched it in AP Stats. It was fantastic. He got a C on it, and I think he got a C. He might have gotten a D on it. I do not remember. Anyway. Look it up. And uh, so I'm going to be asking you questions about Timothy Chalamet. So Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. This is he coming out of Oh, yeah, he does. This is coming at a time where the Dune trailer just came out and my obsession with Drew sparked. So thank uh, you so much. I'm going to say that was planned. Yeah. It was we, totally planned. We're in partnership with um, <laughs> Dune and Warner Brothers. I don't know if it's Warner Brothers. Touchstone, yes. Lionsgate. I don't know. Lionsgate Universal Picture. <laughs> Let's just name all of them eventually. We'll get we'll it right. right. Yeah, yeah. Eventually we'll hit it right. All right. So these are going to be questions about Timothy Chalamet. Some of them are multiple choice. One of them is true or false. And yeah, let's get into it. Question one. Timothy Chalamet has dual citizenship because one of his parents was not born in the United States. So other than the United States, what country is he a citizen of? Is it A, Spain? B, the United Kingdom, C, France, or D, Portugal? You see, I mean, he's French, so I got to go with D. But when you first said that question, I was like, oh, Canada? No. You're going with D, Portugal? No. Oh. He's <laughs> going with France. That is correct. France. He has dual citizenship France. with the United States and France. That's why he says my name is Timote. Timothée Chalamet. I'm in take Nope, it's not Chalamet. Oh, I was trying to read the... I'm terrible at IPA. I need to get better at it. I was reading the Wikipedia page and that's what Oh, yeah, like when you read the British IPA for... 
Oh man, I'm never gonna live that down. We have to expose him right in the pod. I'm the editor. One time, they will never know. <laughs> they will never one know what time, just happened. Um, it'll be uh, a Mitchell Huntley was talking about. We were all talking about, and it was in a play. We we're reading a play, mm-hmm. and this sir looks at this word and says. With a heart. Like it was, it was before. That was before I looked it up. I looked it up later, and then I mispronounced it. It was more of a. Yeah. Oh no way! I did not say that. Yeah. And then he kept on trying to guess what it was, and it just kept on getting worse. It was. Like, it's not phonetic. <laughs> yes, it is. If you understand the rules of Italian. Because I don't understand the rules of Italian. Apparently. Ugh. Well, that's why. <laughs> that's why. Like. Like Bologna, yeah. you know. I knew that part. The GN. No, I I knew the I knew the uh, the. You know what? Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All the audience is gonna hear is after after, and okay. they're gonna wonder what I what I said. <laughs> All oh, right. Sure. Question two. So Chalamet attended LaGuardia High School for the Performing Arts, according to Wikipedia, the fount of all knowledge. It seems. Which of these is not a role he played in high school, to my knowledge? Is it A, the MC in Cabaret, B, Tony in West Side Story, uh, C, Oscar in Sweet Charity, or D, it's a trick question, he played all those roles? Okay, I've seen videos of of Sweet Charity. I'm gonna have to go with with West Side Story because I feel like his, his um, high school... His high school bud, Ansel, he probably took that over, did he not? I don't know if they if he would have, because you are correct. Ansel and Timmy were high school I'm gonna say colleagues. That's not the right word. Classmates. There we go. Question three. Timothy Chalamet dropped out of college to pursue his acting career. True or false? True. False. He what? technically attends NYU in their school of individualized study. As far as far as I see on Wikipedia, he is he is at NYU being no. able to set his own. Path. Okay, I don't want to be little yeah, gossip, I don't be the one. golly, but isn't there a thing that he like he like gave a whole bunch of people at NYU STDs? Okay, I thought it was just like one big NYU joke, and you'd think I'd have insight because I go to school in New York. I still think it's like a big NYU inside joke that we're just all in and on. But no, I don't know. People are trying to convince me otherwise that it's, that it's real. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, so, because I, didn't I have that. friends who are going to NYU and we're all joking about how they want those Chalamet oh, yeah. STDs. If we were to get chlamydia from anyone, yeah. Timothy Chalamet. we know who it would be. Mm-hmm. Or, or Sarah's favorite snack, Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. He would never. He's sexually safe. okay okay question question four before transferring to nyu what was his major at columbia is it a anthropology b theater c pre-med or d history it can't be theater because he probably had art school burnout as did we but here we are um anthropology you are correct it is yes he studied he studied cultural anthropology at columbia for one year and then transferred to nyu because he got famous 
No way. I'm doing so good. I'm doing better than I did on my AP stats exam. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that very much. So. Yeah. All right. Final question. Question five. How old was Timothy Chalamet when he made his Broadway debut? Was he A, 16, B, 19, C, 22, or D, 24? He was supposed to make it this season, but coronavirus. Well, it's, it's not D. I would have would have heard about it. 16? What was he in? Is that your guess? Well, you have to, you guess, have to guess the age. You have to lock in your age. And then I'll tell you what thing. it was. My age is, I'm going to guess, six, that's kind of young, though. We'll guess 16. Yeah. You were, your instincts were telling, telling you the right thing is actually 19. He was, he was older. He was, he was in 2016, which, by the way, that makes me very depressed that he made his Broadway debut at 19 and, and I turned 20 in like two months. I am 19 and currently um, quarantining in my apartment. So. I am still at home because my school canceled. Uh, love. Yeah. You don't love. He was in John Patrick Shanley's Prodigal Son back in 2016. What? Yeah. This is news to me. And I call myself Stan. I have to revoke that term. But you didn't know this. But here's the thing. You got three out of five questions correct. So you know what? I think you can still keep... You you don't have to revoke your Stan. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. That was Kira Bucklion. Uh We just read her play 4%. And Kira, can you tell the audience where uh, they can find you on social media, where they can find your work, website? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Kira Bucklion. It's just my name, K-Y-R-A-B-A-K-L-A-Y-A-N. Um, I also have a Twitter. It is Kira Backy, so K-Y-R-A-B-A-K-Y. And do you use light or dark mode on Twitter? <laughs> oh my god. Listen, I'm gonna get canceled for this, but I use light mode. I'm I'm very active on Twitter and my eyes aren't burning from it, so let me live. Yeah. Let me live. Thank you so much for being here, Kira. We loved your play and it was great reading it and talking to you and confirming that you are in fact a Timothy Chalamet Stan. Craig, thanks for having me and exposing me all at once. (laughs) Thank you, Kira. All right, so that was Kira Bakalayan and her play 4%. If you have a play, I know school is coming around for pretty much everybody now. Like, I think I start next week and uh, next week, this week. I don't When do we record this thing? It's outside of space and time altogether, but I know school is starting and if you have anything you've been kicking around or you want to write or you want to procrastinate on your homework, I know I sure will. You can go and write a play and then submit it to us. schools are doing festivals and you want an audience first. Yeah, we're, we're here to workshop your guys' plays. The link to submit is tinyurl.com slash PRP submit. Again, that is tinyurl.com slash PRP submit. I didn't mess it up this time. I messed it up a couple previous times, but I didn't mess it up this time. And this is episode 18. Which means... There are Zac Efron in 17 again episodes. Oof. <laughs> I try to incorporate him into every single time I say this one. I don't know uh-huh. why, but I okay. do. And you can go listen to those over on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. <laughs> you can ask your Alexa, your Google Home, whatever other knockoffs they have. You can ask them. It's like, hey, can I play the Player Repertory Podcast? And they'll go, playing Player Repertory Podcast. They'll do it. Yeah. So, so hit those things up. Listen to the previous 17 episodes and bloopers and special things because we have all the fun things that you can listen to. Go follow us on Instagram. We have created a survey that we would love for you to fill out. It is in the bio of our Instagram. Yeah, it's in our link tree. Um, the survey is just asking what your favorite part of the podcast is. We want to make it the greatest in the whole world. And we need your help. And we just want to make sure that everybody's getting out of it what they want to get out of it. Yeah. So yeah, the link to that is in our Instagram bio. So you go check that out. And Mitchell, you got any final thoughts? Maybe I should have majored in anthropology. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.